Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. He gets so crazy at times. It sounds like... <laughs> you yell back at your radio. What are you talking about? What the hell? He gets so angry. You tweet to try and calm him down. Now... He gets an hour all to himself. It's Sparky's Midday Madness on the fan with Steve Sparky Pfeiffer. Presented by the Milwaukee Admirals. Visit them at milwaukeeadmirals.com. Welcome in Sparky's Midday Madness here on 1250 AM. The fan presented to you by the Admirals. Milwaukee Admirals. Garage sale at Panther Arena, June 28th and June 29th. That's coming up here shortly. Today we're at the 23rd already, so next week. 28th more for season ticket holders and so forth. 29th, uh, open to the general public. We're talking about all kinds of different used jerseys, sticks, the whole deal. Plus uh, a lot of merchandise you saw in the pro shop over the course of the Admiral season. Uh, you'll be able to get out a discounted price. Again, 28th and 29th, the Milwaukee Admirals garage sale at Panther Arena. All you have to do is simply go to milwaukeeadmirals.com for more information and more details. Again, that's milwaukeeadmirals.com. So, uh, it is NBA Draft Day, uh, and want to get into something that's not NBA Draft, that's not Milwaukee Brewers baseball, that's not Green Bay Packers football, but something that is life-related. Now, who is going to relate to what we're going to talk about? Well, I think if you played... Uh, baseball along the way or whatever the case may be uh, coming up through school and high school at some point in your life um, you are going to have an opinion on this for sure Uh, if you are a parent and you have kids uh, that have played baseball um, or you have kids that are in baseball now and coming this may be educational to you uh, if they're not near the high school age as of yet if you are a baseball coach Um, probably at any level, uh, you are probably going to have an opinion or will be educated quickly on this whole conversation. Uh, this audio that I'm going to play for you, um, came out a couple of days ago. Uh, I saw it, uh, cause it was retweeted by, uh, one of the travel baseball organizations in Milwaukee. And after I watched it, 
I started reaching out to people that I know that have been through the process, um, that have had kids been through the process to kind of get their feelings and their takes on it. And now we're going to do it with you. I'm going to play this piece of audio. Now, this is a baseball coach, or at least that's what I think this is, is a baseball coach. Uh, at least that is what the assumption is when you um, look at this video. Now, this was put up on Twitter. Um, and if you want to go look, uh, you can go look, called at Baseball Mentors. At Baseball Mentors. The account is based out of Round Rock, Texas. Um, and it says, author of Playball Kid, how to develop baseball players from middle school dreamers through committed college recruits. And there's different videos and so forth on here um, throughout. Well, one of the videos uh, that got posted on here um, is one that uh, kind of drew my ire, I guess. Uh, maybe not ire, but... Uh, Interest, I guess. It piqued my interest uh, in what he had to say. Because right now, I have a kid that is playing high school baseball. So for me, uh, you know, I have feelings on this uh, one way or the other. Uh, Tim Allen, uh, who does the Gene Wagner Plumbing Baseball postgame show, his kid played all the way through high school and through, you know, four years of college. Um, I was with that whole process since Ty was born. So watched that all happen. Uh, and unfold and had many conversations with Tim over the course of time. So I'm going to play this piece of audio. It's two minutes long. After the audio is done playing, I just simply want you to call or tweet and tell me what you think of what this guy is saying. It could very well be, I agree with him. He's a thousand percent right. Blah, 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 blah. Fine. It could be, mm, maybe he's kind of right, but blah, 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 blah. Or it could be this dude's a clown, and this is why, and away we go. That really matter to me. What your opinion is, I just want to know what your opinion is. Because I am trying to see where the general majority is on this opinion. And I don't know if this opinion um, is in the minority or in the majority. That's the other reason why I'm doing this conversation uh, as well. All right, here we go. Yo, unless you're ready for varsity-level play, high school baseball is... An absolute waste of everyone's time. I said it. Let's talk about it. All right, and if you're one of those people who are the high school baseball is is for character building and life skills and all of that, just please scroll. I'm making content for kids who want to play college baseball, okay? For how much these parents pay to, to, to advance their kid and develop their kid and how much these kids care about being a good player and moving on to the next level, for their freshman and sophomore year, they typically get coaches that don't know anything about baseball. It's their secondary sport. Hell, I don't even know if they like baseball. Very rarely get field time. They get thrown in the batting cage, you know, by themselves, you know, while the varsity gets the field the entire time. And it's like, if, if that's going to be how it is, why don't these freshmen and sophomores go play for coaches who actually know baseball and actually care and want to help them develop and actually are going to teach them things that they need to know? Full disclosure, I live in one of the meccas of high school baseball. You got Northern and Southern California. You got Georgia. You got Florida. You got Texas, like Houston, San Antonio, Dallas. Like it's big time baseball here. High school kids getting drafted all the time. It's the real deal. And I don't know who agrees, but I have a big problem with my 14, 15-year-old kids who really care about playing baseball. Their parents invest a lot of money and time to develop them. And then they go for, you know, an entire semester and they 
play for a wrestling coach or a football coach and they don't learn anything and they don't get better. And quite honestly, it's a travesty. And I think it's trash and I think it absolutely has to change. Do a whole series, probably five parts on how bad high school baseball is in reality and even at the varsity level. And you know what, to end this video, I'm gonna say, you know, before you guys get all butthurt about, you know, getting on teachers and coaches, look, I don't care, all right? I really don't care. I care about the kids that I coach getting better. And when they go for an entire year of getting trash coaching, it annoys me. It annoys me to my roots. And if I can't talk about bad coaches, then what is a good coach? You know, you can't say anything about people going to hurt people's feelings. Man, get out of here. Okay. So what do you what do you think of what he says about high school baseball uh, and playing on a high school baseball team? Now, he's not talking about travel ball. He's talking about high school baseball teams. So you play for your school. You play for Brook Central. You play for Pewaukee. You play for Racine Park or Kenosha Bradford or Oak Creek or Franklin or whatever, whoever, maybe Waukesha West, pick a school, right? You're playing for your school. Now, in our case, it was different, right? Because for so long, it was summer baseball in Wisconsin. For so long, when these kids were playing baseball, the top kids weren't playing. Because the top kids were playing on their summer travel teams. So they're traveling around the country and doing tournaments and so forth. And they're in that state and they're in that state. And they weren't playing baseball. And then high school baseball uh, decided to shift to the spring. Now, I'm not sure of the exact reasoning one way or the other. All I can tell you is from the outside looking in, for me, it makes more sense to try and get the top players playing during your season than not. So I don't know if that was part of the reason or not, but I'm here to tell you. Um, it makes sense. Now, when you have, you know, some of the top players uh, in the state uh, and they're on their high school teams, you would assume they're going to play, right? That, that would be assumption. Does it happen all the time? Maybe it doesn't happen all the time, depending on coaches, because sometimes you have coaches that are, well, he's a senior, you're a freshman, you know, seniors going out, seniors going to play in front of the freshman, whatever the case may be. Freshman's more talented, better, whatever. And maybe that coach just believes in kind of playing out the process and so forth. This guy brings up, don't come at me with tradition and team and all that other stuff. But I think there is something real to that. So some travel teams, travel baseball teams, you do have a team that is together for a long time. Sometimes you're blessed where the core group of the team is with each other from like 8U, 9U, all the way up to like, you know, 14U or whatever the case may be. Sometimes you get that, that, that luck, right? But then sometimes when you, as you get older or along the way, teams are constantly changing because you have tryouts every year, right? So you get two new guys here. The next year you get three new guys. Next year you get two new guys. Before you know that roster's changed over, over the course of two or three years. Then when you get to you know trying out for the high school part of travel ball teams, now these other programs that don't have high school travel, those programs end, so now they have to go to some of these other programs to try and try out, try out if they want to play travel ball through summer and not just play high school baseball. And uh, a lot of people will tell you that playing travel ball in the summer can be very beneficial to you 
because of the college coaches that are out scouting and so forth. Okay, fine. I simply want to know, do you agree or disagree with that dude's take on high school baseball? That, hey, you're a younger kid, it's probably not worth it. You know, figure out something else to do to continue your development and so forth. If you're not in a situation where you have guys that know what they're doing um, uh, in high school. Now, I will tell you, full disclosure, kid goes to Oak Creek. We've got the the coach of the JV2 team is a travel ball coach. That is coaching right now this summer for a travel ball team, right? The coach of the next level up, JV1, same type of deal. So we got travel ball coaches are coaching us. We don't have gym teachers. We don't have football coaches. We don't have basketball coaches. I don't know what it's like for all the other high schools in the area. So maybe this dude is right. Maybe some of your baseball teams aren't being coached the best. Maybe there aren't great baseball coaches at every level in all these different high schools. Maybe baseball is kind of pushed aside uh, in some of these high schools. But that's kind of what I want to learn here. I want to find out. Y'all need to educate me. I struggle a little bit believing this is true in our area. And quite frankly, I find it hard to believe that this is true in a lot of areas. Travel baseball is so big and there are so many programs right now and so many guys coaching in travel ball uh, that I would be shocked if all of these programs don't have some form of a travel ball coach coaching their high school kids. 414-799-1250. 414-799-1250. You can also tweet us at 1250AMTheFan. Do you agree with that dude's take who's pretty much kind of going after high school baseball? Uh, and high school baseball programs versus travel ball programs and the coaching that these kids are getting. 414-799-1250. Take your calls next. Sparty's Midday Man is presented to you by the Milwaukee Admirals here on 1250 AM. The Fan. Coming to you live from the Lakeland University Studios, offering evening and online master's programs. Learn more at lakeland.edu slash get started. Getting an update on that Brewers game. Cardinals still up. 2-1 on the Brewers here in the bottom of the fourth inning uh, at American Family Field. I, I brought up uh, Davis playing today for the Brewers. Had two hits the last time he played. The only time he played when he got called up when they released uh, Lorenzo Cain. First plate appearance, so eight pitch at bat, gets a base hit. But again, we haven't played him since. Again, some things I understand, some things I don't. That's one of them. When nobody on this team can hit, for any type of consistency, and then you choose to bring up a guy who gets multiple hits, why not just play him the next day? See what he does the next day. And if he gets another hit, play him the next day. Like, just, I, I don't, at this point, see if you could find a hot hand. Who cares what his name is and what he did previous to getting there? Anybody can get hot. Anybody. I don't care what level you're at. If somebody gets hot, ride the bat until the bat is done and, and quiet it off a little bit. Not to mention, we also got a Brewers special in their last inning of plate appearances. Bases loaded, nobody out, no runs scored. So, all right, I, I don't, I didn't see it. What, what, who, who left guys on? Who came Rowdy? Up? He hit into the, uh, into the switch and hit into a double play. Nothing. He can Slammed do. the helmet down. Yeah, nothing he can do. Now, what are you gonna do? They, he, they had the shift on him? Did I? Yeah, did I call it the switch? The I switch. meant the shift. Yeah, yeah, I know what you meant. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's not so not so surprising. Hey, don't forget, listen to the Bart Winkler Show and the Fan Afternoon Show weekdays for your chance to win a pair of Summerfest tickets. 
Uh, Summerfest, of course, starting today through the 25th, June 30th through July 2nd, and July 7th through the 9th at the Summerfest grounds. Go to summerfest.com for more details. Toby Altizer comes up here uh, at 3 o'clock, another chance for you to win those Summerfest tickets. You won't want to miss that. All right, I played this earlier from a baseball coach uh, that we found on uh, Twitter a couple days ago. Uh, They got a lot of reaction. I wanted to play for you and get your thoughts. Got some people tweeting in already uh, at 12.50 a.m. The Fan and at Sparky Radio. Uh, just tell me, you agree, disagree, thoughts on what this dude has to say, 414-799-1250. Yo, unless you're ready for varsity-level play, high school baseball is an absolute waste of everyone's time. I said it. Let's talk about it. All right, and if you're one of those people who are the high school baseball is is for character building and life skills and all of that, just please scroll. I'm making content for kids who want to play college baseball. Okay, for how much these parents pay to 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 advance their kid and develop their kid and how much these kids care about being a good player and moving on to the next level for their freshman and sophomore year. They typically get coaches that don't know anything about baseball. It's their secondary sport. Hell, I don't even know what they like baseball. Very rarely get field time. They get thrown in the batting cage, you know, by themselves, you know, while the varsity gets the field the entire time. And it's like if if that's going to be how it is, why don't these freshmen and sophomores Go play for coaches who actually know baseball and actually care and want to help them develop. And actually, you're going to teach them things that they need to know. Full disclosure, I live in one of the meccas of high school baseball. You got Northern and Southern California. You got Georgia. You got Florida. You got Texas, like Houston, San Antonio, Dallas. Like, it's big-time baseball here. High school kids getting drafted all the time. It's the real deal. And I don't know who agrees, but I have a big problem with my 14, 15-year-old kids who really care about playing baseball. Their parents invest a lot of money and time to develop them. And then they go for, you know, an entire semester and they play for a wrestling coach or a football coach and they don't learn anything and they don't get better. And quite honestly, it's a travesty. And I think it's trash. And I think it absolutely has to change. Do a whole series, probably five parts on how bad high school baseball is in reality and even at the varsity level. And you know what? To end this video, I'm going to say, you know, before you guys get all butthurt about, you know, getting on teachers and coaches, look, I don't care. All right. I really don't care. I care about the kids that I coach getting better. And when they go for an entire year of getting trash coaching, it annoys me. It annoys me to my roots. And if I can't talk about bad coaches, then what is a good coach? You know, you can't say anything about people going to hurt people's feelings. Man, get out of here. So this is my thing on that, right? So maybe these do exist. Maybe you do have high school teams that don't have qualified guys coaching uh, the JV2 or JV1 programs. Or maybe even the varsity coach doesn't know anything about baseball, uh, but is told, hey, we have a baseball program. Somebody has to coach it. So you're the lucky volunteer this year to go coach it. trying to figure out the best way to phrase this so he talks about spending all this money on your kids and so forth do you know what's more frustrating than what he's talking about more frustrating than what he's talking about is if you pay all your money for this travel program and dad is coaching a parent is coaching your travel team and you're spending all this money and your kid's not getting any real coaching other than what the dad sees on tv that, that's 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 more frustrating than anything else. I mean, realistically, if we want to talk about this, your travel ball teams that people are paying thousands of dollars for, like he's pointed out, are the ones that are getting you set with the base of your knowledge, your development, and everything else. Once you get to the high school season, two months, 
It's two months of baseball. Like, I could that guy or girl, whoever the coach is, coach your kid up better to be a better player? Absolutely. If that coach doesn't do anything, is he stunting that kid's growth? Probably not. Because the baseline of what that kid has learned has come from, again, the travel program. Hopefully, you know, the parent picked a good one. It isn't getting their money stolen. Uh, from what those kids are being taught from their, from those coaches. Now, if you're in a travel program and you feel like the coaching in your travel program stinks and your kids aren't getting any better and whatever, then you have the opportunity to, when the tryouts come the next summer, to take your kid out and go try out for another travel program. So be it. Just because it's a travel program doesn't mean that it's a good program. Just because they take your money doesn't mean it's a quality program. There are good and there are bad of everything. Now, that is something that you as a parent have to determine. Now, when it comes to high school baseball, you live where you live. That's it. So if you live in your school district, your kid can only play there. You can't pull your kid out of there and go play somewhere else like you can for travel ball. So from that aspect, it's okay. So if you're not going to have your kid play high school baseball because you don't like the soccer coach coaching it or whatever is happening. Again, I've not heard of any of this, but it apparently must be happening somewhere in the country. If that's what what the deal is and they're not going to play for two months and there is no alternative high school travel league or anything in the area, what's your kid going to do? Travel program that we're in, when high school baseball starts, all of our travel program stuff ends. There are no more practices with your travel team, nothing like that, until high school baseball season is about done, about the end of May, early June. Then you get a practice or two in, and then, boom, you're off to the tournaments. And then if you know, you're know you the older kid and your team goes to state, then obviously then your kids have to make the decision of if he's going to play on the high school team or is he going to leave to go play on the travel ball team, and then that becomes ugly between those two parties. So you don't have a choice, per se, like you do travel ball if you don't like a coach or whatever, where you can pick up and go somewhere else. You're stuck where you are. But if they're not going to play, then again, I ask you, is it better for your kid to do T-work and hitting in a batting cage or whatever the case may be for two months versus facing live pitching regardless of who his coach is? Let's go to Jim and Racine. You're up first on Sparky's Midday Madness presented to you by the Milwaukee Admirals. What say you, Jim? Uh, yeah, um, so I was the JV2 coach this past year for uh, Case and Racine, and I can tell you for sure, that uh, his take was virtually accurate and that the varsity team doesn't, oh, the varsity Uh-oh. kind of time that the coach spends with the kids, they are, he could not be further off as far as how I run my program. I mean, we practiced every single day, and I was working down deep into the mechanics of some of the kids, you know, getting the hips engaged in the swing, proper throwing mechanics, um, proper positioning for cutoffs, et cetera. I mean, these kids improved. Uh, Jim, you're you're cutting in and out a little bit. Uh, let me ask you this: of the kids that were on your team, how many of those kids are travel ball kids? Uh, none of them. Right. So you you really had probably more coaching to do than some of these other programs that yeah. have a lot of travel ball kids. Then. Yeah, and the thing is too about about Racine. Baseball is not a very big thing in Racine, so we do have a travel coach for varsity in JD one by the number of rec league players that were able to make the JV1 and varsity team. And so all these other rec league players that they had were like, yeah, 
Oh, Jim, you're breaking up. I, I can't do it any longer. I was hanging in there. If his phone was good, I'd had more for him since he called in. Jim, thanks for the call in, Racine. Uh, and, and Jim obviously is a, a coach down there. See, and that is the other problem here. Well, it's not a problem, but the other difference, right? So if you look at, say, uh, Oak Creek, pretty much, I think, like almost every kid that went out for the team, I think they cut like 35 or 40 kids or something like that from their baseball program when the season started. They have JV2, JV1, varsity, right? So everybody that tried out, I want to say they cut like 35 kids or something like that. But I'm pretty sure most of them, pretty much most of them were travel ball kids. There might have been a couple that weren't, but for the most part, a lot of them were travel ball kids. And then you go there and listen to that situation, and he's got a whole team of guys that don't play travel ball that aren't as you know, blessed to to do all this other stuff. So he really has to coach and do the fundamentals and everything else because they don't get it otherwise for the rest of the year. They they only get it then and at that point. The other thing that goes into this too is we have to realize not everybody can afford to have their kids playing travel ball. Like it's it's a crazy amount of money. Like you literally, I've talked about this before. In more in more situations than not, now, those of you that have a lot of money, okay, you're not in this conversation. But for everybody else that don't have a lot of money, you really have to determine, do you want your kids to be in travel ball? Whether in, again, this is not just baseball in this instance, right? Uh, if it's travel hockey, it's even more expensive than baseball. But if it's baseball, if it's soccer, if it's whatever, you determine, do I want them to do that? And essentially not have family vacations. And the family vacation then... If, pretty much becomes where we're going. That becomes the family vacation, right? So for us, our out-of-state trip, big out-of-state trip was Cedar Rapids, Iowa a couple of weeks ago. That was our big trip. And I was telling AR, that's going to be our family vacation for the year. That's it. That's what it's going to be. Now, I know one parent, God bless her. God bless her. She's got three kids. They all play travel sports. And... She's going somewhere every weekend, every weekend. She's somewhere else uh, outside of where we live uh, and with another one of her kids and hotels and everything else that go along with it. And then you're eating out and all that. And that adds up quick. You're not doing anything extra outside of just your kid's sports. And I know plenty of parents, plenty that simply say, nah, no, good. No, we're not we're not gonna go through all of this one way or the other. You know, they can play little league and have fun. And other than that, once that's done, they're done and we're just gonna move on. A lot of that. They, they just don't want to give up their time. They don't want to give up their trip to Vegas. Uh their and their wife's trips to Vegas. Or they don't want to give up their family vacation that they want to do every year. Or they don't want to give up their extra spending money to go to concerts or festivals or whatever the case may be. Like they aren't interested in making that sacrifice for their kids to do some of this other stuff. Which again, totally fine. Totally the choice of the parents. So that's why I say when you start getting into this situation here, what he's talking about as far as you know, all the thousand dollars spent. He's right. There's a lot of money spent. And not every kid that's in travel ball is going to play in college. A lot of them will not. A lot of them will not even get looked at uh, at that point. It's just not going to be the way it is. And then you've got other parents out there that think, oh, man, 
that kid's one of the, you know, one of the top 20 kids in Wisconsin or 50 kids in Wisconsin. He's going to go to the pros. No, <laughs> settle down. <laughs> That's not what that means. It means you'll probably get a scholarship. Yes, I agree. You'll, you'll get, you'll play somewhere, but that does not mean that you're the next Jared Kelnick or Gavin Lux or whatever the case may be. The elite of the elite. That that's, that's probably not going to happen. And even in that situation, like Kellenick, dude, he he went and he, he complete flop. Now he's going to have a chance to come back again down in the minors, trying to figure himself out, uh, and he'll have a chance to come back up here and redeem himself. Uh, Lux, uh, the Indian Trail kid from Kenosha, he came up. He was okay. He's playing fairly well right now for the Dodgers uh, and and having a nice season. So again, even in that aspect, and you can point to. Hundreds and thousands of other kids that get drafted in the you know second, third, fourth, fifth round of an amateur draft never even sniff the major leagues, never even get to Triple A. Gone by the time Double A gets done, and on to doing something else. So yeah, just crazy. That the, the the whole travel baseball world is just completely a whole different thing. Uh, and if the parents aren't completely in and wanting to support and do whatever they can to help, um then, you know, it's, you're just going to be angry at the world 24-7, essentially, is what's going to happen. All right, take a quick time. I will come back. Ryan McDonough, Odyssey NBA insider, former uh, Phoenix Suns GM. We'll look ahead to the draft tonight with him next here on Sparky's Midday Madness, presented to you by the Milwaukee Admirals. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. The golfer, Toby Altizer, in the wings. Ready to come on in here. He literally walked in like he just got off the golf course. Did you just get off the golf course, Altizer? Is that what it is? It's got a hat on, a polo, shorts. You look like you just played 18. No, I'm going after. Ah! Going after. Uh, see, we, got, we got Brewers Post coming up. Hopefully yeah. a short show for me today. Yeah. Every time Rami says that, they play 13. So, <laughs> good luck to you. I hope it works out better for you than it has for him. We'll talk to Toby coming up here in just a few minutes. Tyrone Taylor with a three-run homer for the Brewers. Uh, Brewers now up uh, on the St. Louis Cardinals 4-2, top of five. Alexander threw uh, four uh, innings. And check that. It's now 4-3. Uh, as uh, who hit that? 
Who hit that home run? Did you see who hit that it? That was Newt Barr. Uh, Newt Barr with a solo shot off Alexander. So now it's 4-3 Brewers. Uh, Cardinals still batting top of five. MJ, South Side, you are next here on Sparky's Midday Madness, presented to you by the Milwaukee Admirals. What's up, MJ? Hey, what's up, guys? Thanks for taking my call. Sure. Um, so, I, actually, a couple times when you brought up uh, kids' sports, I've been wanting to get in. I just haven't been able to. It's uh, sort of more of a general question, Spark, because I know you got some kids that are involved with uh, you know sports pretty heavily or yep. whatever. Um, so just kind of wanted to ask you if I could just uh, get a general pieces of advice. Uh, my kid's five, and uh, she's super active. I know she's going to be wanting to get involved with sports in, in a fashion. Like, how did you approach, like, trying to get your kids excited and involved with sports? And what was your thought process? I know it's sort of a general question, but, you know, any advice you have uh, as a father of a five-year-old, I'll take any help. I so, okay, my first things first, right? So uh, you said it's it's your daughter? Yeah. Okay, so does she have any siblings or is it just her? Just her. Okay, so I, I get the benefit of, you know, uh, my six-year-old, and he's going to have a smaller sister on, on the way here next month, um, but of having, uh, you know, two Congrats. older... Thank you. Uh, of having two older brothers. Now, again, there's a sizable age difference. It's nine years uh, between yeah. him and the next one. But, you know, it's, at least it's another person to go outside and play uh, with him, even though, you know, the, the the 15-year-old acts more juvenile than the six-year-old does half the time. <laughs> Um, but either way, so they, they tend to go outside and play. The other part of it is, you know, I, I don't know. I mean, when, when he was younger, we just kind of always had a ball in front of him one way or the other, right. Always pushing the ball or rolling the ball to us or whatever. And then, you know, going to his older brother's baseball game. So he kind of grew up at the baseball field, watching his older brother play from the time he was in a stroller kind of all the way through. And then it was, I think the very first organized sport that we did with him uh, was flag football, I want to say. Um, and he did flag football, and he was the youngest kid out there. Every time they pulled his flag down, he he got pulled down to the field or whatever. Um, and now he just did soccer, rec soccer. That was like 25 bucks, I think, in Franklin last fall. Um, and then we got him into uh, like a soccer program, a little bit more organized, the Croatian Soccer Academy in the spring. Uh, and then he did t-ball last year. Um, and then this year now he's in machine pitch. At Oak Creek, I, I think my only, my advice would just be, you know, just play with her outside, you know, kick the mm-hmm. ball, kick a soccer ball with her or whatever, and just mm-hmm. see what she likes and then just start signing her up. But, like, don't go crazy. Like, I mean, there's some of these programs, you know, for six years old, you're going to spend $1,000. Like, don't do that. Yeah. Uh, don't, yeah. don't waste money. So, you know, <laughs> okay. just find some of these rec leagues and just see if – you know, she likes any of these sports. And then if she likes and wants to play it, then, you know, continue to sign her up and, and kind of go from there. And she'll figure out what she likes and doesn't like. And at this age, you want them to play kind of everything anyhow, you know? Yeah, yeah, totally. All right, man, I really appreciate it. Uh, keep up the good work. I really appreciate that. You betcha. Take care, MJ. Yeah, there he is. Uh, yeah, I'm glad to help out anytime uh, we want to talk about any of that. It, it's funny, though, because, you know, we're having our daughter and my buddy, He's got his daughter, and we're joking around like, yep, they're playing soccer. Yep, they're playing softball. Yep, they're doing this. Yep, we're doing that, and we're going to coach this, and they're going to do that, and da 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 Their futures are all laid out for them. They have absolutely no idea, but they're both kind of stuck because both their moms lettered in soccer uh, in college, so that's probably going to be a part of this, I would imagine. Uh, and then both of them have my buddy uh, who's been around baseball and played baseball uh, in college as well. And we all know I'm a sports nerd. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, they're kind of stuck. Like, sometimes you get born into a family where you're kind of 
going to end up playing sports just because of the people you're around, and that's all you know at that point. And others grew up in a family where sports really isn't that prevalent. Their parents don't watch sports, nothing like that. That was you, AR? That was me right here. Clean slate. My mom, the only sport she ever played was, I think she did a year of tennis in high school. They right. never did it again. She was a cello player. And my dad, the closest he ever came to doing sports was he, like myself, worked at a golf course for a oh. while. So that was it. I had a clean slate to do whatever sport I wanted. There was no expectation of sure. me. So I tried everything I could. Yep. That's and awesome. golf stuck. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, good stuff. Uh, yeah, so again, if you're a parent and you're raising your own kids, man, just you know, don't go crazy money-wise early on, man. Just just play it out and see what happens um, and then go from there. And then, you know, you make your own judgment call at that point uh, when you get to I don't know, nine, 10 years old, whatever the case may be. And you're like, okay, well, he's not getting any better here or she's not getting any better here with the the, the program that the rec department has. Um, and I think she can be a lot better than she is. And she wants to be a lot better or, or he wants to be a lot better. Then at that point, then, you know, then you can start looking at travel programs or whatever the case may be and seeing if you want to explore it that way. But early on, don't, I, I, my, my advice would be don't waste your money early on when they're that young. Just just play it out and, and go from there. Because these programs, I'm telling y'all, they are way more expensive uh, than you possibly could ever imagine, especially if like you're in this area. Like I my my brother uh lives out west, you know, west of uh, out like towards the Burlington area, not in Burlington, but out in that that area of the state. And what he pays for things for his kids for youth sports versus what I pay for relatively the same thing is night and day difference. So, yeah, it, it all depends where you live uh, as well as far as how much you're going to pay, I guess. Uh, Ryan McDonough uh, joined us uh, earlier on the Wendy's Big Show. Well, joined me, I guess, because Gary and Leroy were off today. Uh, former Suns GM, Odyssey NBA insider. Uh, and I brought up to him right off the bat that, you know, John Horst has said that he wants, a, you know, a more of an older player that's been through it a little bit more than a project, some young kid that he's got to work on and develop. Um, and I, I questioned whether or not that was a good idea because normally it's, you know, best available, try to get that star player. Uh, and in the NBA, it's, you know, grinding it out with younger players. And when you make that statement, that tells me you're kind of putting a fence around a certain group of players, regardless if you're reaching for that player or not. It's about now, not as much as about how great that player can be down the line. Uh, that concerned me a little bit. So I brought it up with Ryan McDonough. I think your approach is right. I think you have to go into the draft with an open mind and, and draft the best available player. I mean, the guy you think is going to have the best career. If you're a franchise with Milwaukee, you'd prefer that that guy is ready to contribute on an NBA court sooner rather than later. That's just how it goes when you have a championship contending team and uh, one of the all-time greats and Giannis in his prime. But uh, as you know, Sparky, you've been around the league a long time. You can't necessarily force that. And you, you certainly don't want to reach for a, let's say, a three- or four-year college player uh, with a relatively low ceiling just because you think that guy may be able to help you incrementally in the short term and then pass on a, a younger player, say 18, 19-year-old, who goes on to be a, a star, another star. Um, so that's the challenge in, in the draft. I understand, uh, you know, John Horse. Uh, preference, but uh, you know, I, I keep in mind that uh, you have 15 man rosters in the NBA now, 17 uh, players on the roster total with the two way contracts. Um, with Milwaukee, they don't have a second round pick, so we're talking about one 
pick tonight, potentially, if they, if they stick at 24 and pick. Uh, and to me, you know, you have 14 other slots to fill out your roster. So, um, you know, I, I didn't hear the full quote. I, I don't know the context of it. But um, my, my guess and my hope, honestly, is that they just take the best available player, regardless of how ready to compete that guy is, or if he's not ready to compete, that they take him and develop him, which uh, they, they've uh, done well, you know, developing some young talent. What about from the aspect of uh, drafting for need, right? So uh, maybe they think they need a backup point guard because George Hill didn't really show what George Hill uh, used to be. Uh, Backup center for Brooke Lopez because they really don't have one of those at this point. Lopez going into last year of his deal. They've never really had a wing per se behind Chris Middleton. Uh, in situations where you know he's hurt or he's out or whatever the case may be, they don't have that six, seven, six, eight backup that really can come in and do something. Jordan Wara uh, hasn't worked out to be that guy the last couple of years. Uh, now for them, there's three areas they can go any of those ways. Did you ever find yourself in a situation in Phoenix uh, where maybe you were heavy at guard, but the best available was guard, and then you went guard again, like we've seen Sacramento do over the last couple of years with having Halliburton and then Fox, and then they still take Mitchell. Yeah, we did. And it was difficult at the time and controversial in the 2015 draft. We had Eric Bledsoe, and then, um, ironically, for your listeners, we did the trade with with Milwaukee for Brandon Knight. Uh, so Bledsoe and Knight were the starting backcourt, but the best player available late in lottery in 2015 uh, by a wide margin, in our opinion, with the 13th pick was Devin Booker, a shooting guard out of, out of Kentucky. So uh, we took him. There was some uh, tension and friction, uh, you know, especially Bledsoe and, and Knight weren't particularly happy about it, understandably. But um, you know, we did it, and it was difficult. But but it was the right decision. And, um, you know, to, to fast forward it to tonight in the Kings, I think they've absolutely made the right decisions the last couple of years. It hasn't panned out on the court in terms of, you know, short-term results, but uh, they got players, I believe, both outside of the top 10, Sparky, in Tyrese Halliburton, who was obviously the centerpiece of the deal with Indiana for Demata Sabonis, then a year ago with Davion Mitchell. Uh, they have De'Aaron Fox there, who's an entrenched, uh, you know, potential all-star Sunday on a max contract. Uh, and the question tonight, the most in- intriguing question about tonight's draft to me is, do they do it again? Do they do it again with Jaden Ivey from Purdue? Uh, and then, you know, if so, is there an immediate move with one of those other guys, whether it's uh, Mitchell or more likely Fox, I would say, or if not, are they comfortable with the new head coach and Mike Brown coming to training camp with three smaller guards? I mean, those guys are super quick, uh, but they are small. Uh, one would almost certainly come off the bench. Uh, that, that's the most fascinating part of the draft to me tonight from a macro level as I look at the entirety of it. Ryan, when you're in the draft process as a general manager and you're trying to figure out who you want to draft, and I remember back when the Bucks had one and uh, they had Bogut in, they had Marvin Williams in, um, and put him through these rigorous tests, and then you go out and you have dinner and so forth. I've heard of some teams where they really like one guy and they're sending players on their team to take that guy out to dinner when they have him in for a workout to kind of get their players' takes on it. Uh, how, how far in depth did you go as far as trying to get as many people involved in that process to get what everybody's opinions were of not only what the player looked like on the court, but the dude off the court? Yeah, really good question, Sparky. And I think you have to maximize every available resource. The way the NBA pre-draft process works is you have up to two visits. One can be up to 48 hours in duration, and then you have to separate them, and then you can have another one that's up to 24 hours. So we would really try to maximize that time, especially when we had a top pick, I, you know, especially number one, but you know, anywhere in the, in the top five, top ten. And, and basically what we do is every person, we'd have a number of different people interact with the players in different capacities, starting uh, from when the guy arrived in our city, whether it was Phoenix with the Suns or before that. 
that when I worked in Boston with the Celtics. And basically, from the time uh, the guy picked him up at the airport, um, you know, that would be that would be the start. And, and, and we intentionally didn't let the player know that we were doing that. Obviously, we wouldn't want the player to know, but um, you know, we, we'd have the, the guy who picked him up at the airport and helped him load his bags into the trunk, talk to him casually, maybe a few questions that um, you know, obviously, Sparky, you want the guys who are asking, uh, where, where's the gym? Where's the weight room? Can I get extra shots up? Uh, you know, can I get some treatment on my body? Uh, rather than, you know, some guys may be asking more about the nightlife and the social right. elements of it. So, uh, yeah, it really is a test. And for, for us in Boston and Phoenix organizationally, we tried to have as many different players. Uh, you know, some of it was more formal, some was more casual, but we tried to have as many different people around the players as we could because uh, you want all of that information to hopefully help you make the best informed decision. Tom Ryan McDonough, Odyssey NBA Insider, former Suns GM. He joins us on the Schneider Orange Hotline. Schneider's hiring drivers right now. For more info, call them 844-PRIDE or go to schneiderjobs.com. That's 844-PRIDE or go to schneiderjobs.com. Uh, when Doug Melvin was here as the general manager of the Milwaukee Brewers back in the day, and Zach Grinke was a part of this uh, franchise, Zach Grinke really wanted to learn and become a part of the draft process. And Doug uh, was nice enough to kind of include him in and let him watch film some of the different guys that was on the draft board and so forth. And obviously, the amateur draft in baseball is psychotic uh, compared to you know what you guys have to deal with, with with mainly college kids. From your perspective, whether it be in Boston or in Phoenix, did you ever have a guy or two that was really into the draft process and really wanted to kind of be around and be a part of it and, and wanted to have their say in all of it? Yeah, we had a few. Uh, from my experience, usually, the, at least in the NBA, those are the younger players. And I think uh, in, in Devin Booker in Phoenix in particular, as, as a youngster, uh, after we drafted him in, in 2015, I, I believe I had three more drafts as GM of the Suns, and he was around and involved. but. What we try to do uh, organizationally, Sparky, is um, stack the workouts, meaning um, you know, we either have the NBA guys who are in town in the offseason come work out first or the draft prospects work out first. And then um, you know, if the NBA guys went first, we'd ask them to shower and you know, kind of hang out, stick around, watch the draft workouts, get their opinion that way, uh, or, or vice versa. We, we like sometimes having the draft prospects come in, and as they were getting loose, the NBA guys on the roster finished their workout. So I, I think that synergy is good. And one of the things you realize, and, and I think the prevalence of AAU basketball in particular spurred this, is that a lot of these players know each other. Spark, I mean, a lot of guys that you wouldn't necessarily you know, connect the dots as far as they went to the same college or what have you. Uh, they played you know, together or against each other in high school or AAU, or they went to some of these elite camps, a lot of them run by the sneaker companies together. So I found that to be a really valuable resource, uh, not only from a competitive on-the-court standpoint, but from an intel uh, makeup standpoint in terms of you know, a guy's character, work ethic, professionalism. Uh, I think you can glean a lot really from the young players because uh, you, you realize those guys are talking about their peers, and uh, some of them know these other prospects very well. I want to get your thoughts on a, on a couple of guys here uh, that may be around, uh, I guess, at pick 24 at this point um, and, and see kind of what, what you think of a couple of guys. Uh, first off, uh, I want to start with a guy that I like. Uh, we'll start there. Wendell Moore, uh, the six foot six kid uh, out of Duke. Really like him. I think he'd be nice coming off the bench behind what they have in Grayson Allen uh, in Middleton. What do you think of Wendell Moore? Yeah, junior out of Duke. Um, He's the rare Duke guy who may be underrated. You know, he played three years there. Uh, You know, didn't put up huge numbers, 13 and a half. Uh, points a game, five rebounds, four assists, but but I like that he's relatively complete, and he fits the mold kind of of what you were talking about earlier that John Horst is looking for. Uh, this is a guy who's uh, will turn 21 before training camp starts. 
He made 41% of his three-point shots, and that's the area that he probably improved the most in college, Sparky, in terms of uh, not only the percentage but the attempts from three, the shooting improved. So, um, you know, he's, he's uh, of, of the guys in the draft in that range, he's probably the most ready uh, plug-and-play. Uh, he's, he's got, you know, a long wingspan. In fact, his wingspan measured over seven feet at the combine. So uh, there are a lot of physical tools to like there. His numbers won't wow you, but... As you know, if you're drafting some Milwaukee Bucks, you have your star or stars plural in, in place, you know, Giannis, Holiday, and Middleton, and you look for guys to complement their skill sets, and I think Wendell Moore would complement those guys pretty nicely. Another guy that apparently has been in Milwaukee twice, according to reports, um, and I, I'll be honest with you, I haven't watched a lot on him, Jake LaRavia, the uh, forward from Wake Forest, uh, is a guy heavily connected to Milwaukee right now. Yes, so Jake LaRavia is a forward. He's about 6'8". He started his career at Indiana State and then transferred to Wake Forest and had a really good year for Wake Forest this year. Um, this, this is why the draft process is so interesting, um, Sparky, because if you were watching the Demon Deacons this year, Alondis Williams on Wake Forest got most of the attention, I believe, was the ACC Player of the Year. I believe Milwaukee. Uh, La- La- and a Milwaukee yeah, yeah, on top Yeah, is probably projected as the better pro prospect. Um, you know, as I mentioned, good size. Um, you know, he won't wow you physically or athletically, but uh, this kid knows how to play. And, and the evaluators I've talked to, uh, who I really respect around the league, uh, like his productivity at the college level. He was pretty complete in terms of points, rebounds, assists, steals, blocks, things like that. Uh, they also like his feel for the game. They thought he's one of the better off-ball cutters in the draft. So um, you know, he's the kind of player that if, if you do talk about drafting a more ready-made college player, uh, this kid will turn 21 in a few months. And um, you know, th- there aren't many holes in this game. I think that's what's intriguing if you're Milwaukee. Uh, you, you can, you know, it's philosophical, but you can take the home run swing and try to hit one out of the park. And maybe the guy succeeds at a high level or there's probably a higher bust rate in that scenario. Uh, LaRavia, I think, is a pretty solid player, plug and play, and a guy that um, you know, could come in like more and potentially contribute and be in the rotation for the Bucks relatively early in his career. A guy that Eric Name of the Athletic uh, put down for the Bucks uh, as his pick, uh, mock pick, whatever, is Dalen Terry. Uh, the small forward out of Arizona, six foot seven, uh, sophomore out of Arizona. I watched some of his stuff. I like him. I don't know if he'll fall all the way to the Bucks, uh, but we'll have to wait and see. But I, I like him. My question is, can he shoot the three ball as well as he did at the end of the year? Because in the beginning, it wasn't so good. Yeah, of the guys you mentioned, I like Dale and Terry the best, uh, but I also think he's the least likely to be available yep. when Milwaukee is picking in the 20s. Uh, you know, watch this kid, obviously living here in Arizona. He's, he's a Phoenix kid. He played at the University of Arizona. I thought he really improved uh, his second year. He was a two-year college player uh, for the Arizona Wildcats, and I think he has a chance to be a 3-and-D wing. And, and as you know, Sparky, that's what every team wants. He's already a good defender. He's got good length. Uh, shooting improved significantly, as you mentioned, from his freshman year, even within the season. Um, you know, I think there's some t- things mechanically that Bud and his staff can work on. I thought his wrist was a little loose on his shot, but, but I don't want to get too technical with it. I, I think there's a lot of potential there. Uh, and he's got good length, a 7-1 wingspan, 8-10 standing reach. Um, so this kid was fifth on Arizona in scoring. He only averaged eight points a game. But again, you're looking for a role player to come in and play a role alongside your best players. And of the guys you mentioned, I, I think Dale and Terry would be a tremendous pick if he's on the board when the Bucks are selecting. Uh, one, uh, two more. Two more guys I want to get. We only got like 90 seconds. Johnny Davis uh, from Wisconsin, six foot six sophomore guard. How far down do you think uh, he goes tonight? I think he's a lottery-type pick, but I've seen some people get him between 15 and 18. 
Yeah, I think he goes in the second half of lottery to the teens. So I, I think you know, his, his range is relatively wide, but I would say 8 to 18, somewhere in that range. I think he's long gone. I know your, your listeners in Wisconsin who uh, watched him uh, in Madison, they're you know, fans, but I think he's long gone before the Bucks pick. Yeah, I agree with you. What about Pat Baldwin Jr., who decided to play for his dad at UW-Milwaukee, play for the Panthers, got hurt, didn't have the season. Obviously, he wanted state in the draft. Uh, I've seen end of first into the second. What about you? Yeah, an intriguing one. He was on NBA scouting radars early in the year. Teams scouted him early and were underwhelmed. Um, I think he's probably a second-round pick. Now, what you hope is if he is in the second, Sparky, he gets drafted higher in the second, closer to 31. Uh, that means more guaranteed money. But, um, you know, I, I, I wouldn't be shocked, but I would be surprised if he's a first-round pick. I look for him starting in that early second-round range. Yeah, and I said the whole time he should just withdraw and go play somewhere else for a year and use that transfer portal, bump your stock up, and then go out because unlike the NFL, that guaranteed money's not there in the second round like it is in the NFL round around, and that's what makes it so dangerous. Uh, Ryan McDonough, Odyssey NBA insider, former uh, Suns GM, always a fan favorite here on the Wendy's Big Show. Follow him on Twitter at McDNBA. Ryan, thanks so much for coming on, man. Appreciate it. Hey, Sparky, always great to be on with you, and enjoy the draft tonight. There he is, Ryan McDonough, uh, earlier today on the Wendy's Big Show. Toby Altizer is here, geared up for some golf coming up uh, after the show. Uh, Toby, what do you got coming up today? Yeah, I want to talk about this NBA draft. Look at it at an angle, you know, across the state of Wisconsin. I still don't know. I think the Bucks have become more popular, but I don't know that they've the NBA is ne- not necessarily reached the level of popularity here in Milwaukee. But I'm interested because the Bucks picked so late in the first round, and it's probably been a around while. I'm guessing like nine fifteen, nine o'clock somewhere in that area they'll probably pick. Yeah, I'm I'm wondering if the average fan, whether Milwaukee around the state of Wisconsin, cares more about this Bucks pick or where Johnny Davis goes. Uh, probably Johnny Davis. Yeah, that's kind of around where, the state of Wisconsin. That's kind of what I would think is you want to see where Johnny Davis ends up, how early he gets drafted. He's kind of you know Wisconsin boy and all those different things. So I'm kind of interested to see what exactly fans think about that. I want to see where Pat Baldwin Jr. goes. Yeah, there's another one. Too. I want to see if this gamble pays off. It pays off if he's a first round pick. If he's in the second round, then that was a, that they made a mistake. Where, where do you think he ends up going? Second. Yeah, I, I don't. I, I don't think he's a first round pick. Now. Again, somebody may take the upside and swing for the fences. You know, guys that have multiple first-round mm-hmm. picks uh, may take him, uh, you know, at the end of the first with one of their extra picks and go from there. But, like, the Lakers just traded into the draft, so they're at, like, 35 or something overall. Now, that's a situation where if I'm Pat Baldwin Jr., no, it's not guaranteed money, but I got LeBron James to learn yeah. for? Yeah, I'm in. Let's go. Let's go play with where the Lakers. Where do you Lakers. think he most went wrong, either going to UWM or entering the draft now? Entering the draft now. I think UWM would have been fine had he not been, if he not gotten hurt. Yeah. See, and that's the problem that he's got, right? Because he got hurt in high school. He got hurt at Milwaukee. Mm-hmm. So if I go to the transfer portal and I go play somewhere else and I get hurt again, now maybe nobody touches me. But if I go in the transfer portal and I go off, now I'm a lottery pick yep. and I just got myself a lot more guaranteed money. But what is what is more likely to happen? Me get hurt for the third year in a row or me blow up, go off, and do that, I think they decided enough's enough, let's get paid, and not worry about having to worry about getting hurt again. Yeah, because if you get hurt in the NBA, at least you got something. You've already got money. Now, yeah. again, first-round pick, you're guaranteed that whole deal. Second round, no. And that's that's where I, that's where my my thing is. Like if you're guaranteed or being told you're top 15, even if you slide, you're probably not sliding on the first round. You start getting told you're around 25. Mm-hmm. Go back to school. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? 
Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See t-mobile.com. 